Hey there, welcome to another episode of Agency Journey. This is Andrew. And if you've ever struggled with project management at your agency, what tool to use, how to organize it, how to get everyone on the same page, then this is the episode for you. In this episode, Gray interviews Zeb Evans. Zeb is the CEO of ClickUp. We've been working with ClickUp for the past few years here to help agencies get project management working for them. We've been able to work with agencies from all over the world, all different shapes and sizes, and help them get configured and set up on ClickUp. So in this interview, Gray and Zeb talk about the platform, the background, and how you can maximize its functionality for your agency and your team to get everything on track. If you want to learn more about how to make the most of ClickUp, head over to zenpilot.com and reach out to us there. So without further ado, here's the interview. All right, welcome into this week's episode of Agency Journey. I'm excited today. My guest is Zeb Evans, who is the founder and CEO of ClickUp. ClickUp is a tool that I've been living inside on a day-to-day basis for the past couple of years here. Zeb, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. Man, I'm excited to have you on. It's been a while here. Um, the conversation, I've been, I've been looking forward to it. I know, you know most podcast episodes start off with uh, a lot of background and story. I think you've got a pretty, I've, you know, I've heard your story a handful of times. Um, one of my favorite stories that I feel like you told in a couple of different places is about uh, your first website uh, when you were 10 and kind of the entrepreneurial bug that you've had um, you know, really your entire life. But I thought maybe you could just give us a quick background on what what prompted that or what today drives the entrepreneurial bug uh, that you've had and the mission that you have to serve customers? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I've just had it since I was born. Since I was three or four years old, I was always selling things, creating things. Um, I would create games um, to sell to people. I would, I would use my birthday not as for gifts for me. I would use it as for like wholesale gifts that I could, I could sell to other people. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't, it was kind of born inside of me. You know, my, nobody in my family really was, was an entrepreneur. Um, so it's, it's really just something that I don't know, I've kind of had innate in me since, since I was born and, and something that I've, I've been kind of, um, obsessed with, um, you know, and that certainly drives where we are today and, and who we are. Um, but I've, I think you kind of mentioned some things in my story also where we, we just have this crazy urgency to everything that we're doing. I've, I've had four near death experiences and each of those has just taught me slightly different lesson, but all around urgency and, and, you know, focusing on, on what matters. So, so that certainly drives kind of like who we are as far as, as a business and a team today. When was the most recent near death experience? Um, yeah, so it was, it was about four years ago. Um, I had a seizure and it was something that could be indicative of, um, I mean, you know, obviously epilepsy, but it wasn't epilepsy. You know, something that can be indicative of, you know, brain tumors or brain problems. Um, and my father had had a, a really bad brain tumor when I was growing up. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it could be hereditary, right? So, so it, it's, it was essentially like a kind of a death sentence for me, is what, at least what I thought it was going to be. Um, but it wasn't. And so I went through, you know, a week and a half period of thinking that it was something that it wasn't. Um, and fortunately, it was, it was just some anomaly. Um, you know, that, that was very unexplained still to this, this day. Um, but during that couple of week period of, of, you know, really coming close to just thinking that, you know, Hey, this, this, this really might be at this time and I've got to change things. I've got to focus on what matters. Uh, I realized that the business I was in previously was, was not 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't giving back to the world. It wasn't adding net value. And I really wanted to do something, uh, you know, that kind of helped, um, help the world as cliche as it sounds. That's, that's wild. I've not run into, well, you don't run into that many people who've had multiple near death experiences, um, much less for, I've actually got a, um, slightly different story, but, um, my story was had a concussions playing college lacrosse and then kind of randomly had another incident, another concussion that led to a series of seizures. And, uh, this is about eight years ago, thought for sure that it was over. Um, as I was going crazy and it's just wild, the kind of perspective that gives you, uh, after that, and you've had that perspective added in a couple of times. So four years ago, at that point, was that the company that was the direct predecessor to ClickUp or where were you in your entrepreneurial journey at that point? Yeah, it, it was the direct predecessor for, for all intents and purposes. Um, I, I will say that. So after that, I, I was in North Carolina and I, what, what I really realized was I wanted to be in, in Silicon Valley. I wanted to be in, in San Francisco. And so the next week I moved out there and I literally exited that company the next week and started over, um, brought a couple of people with me from that company. And we were going to do um, a social media application that basically removed the ego from social media. Um, so the backstory here is that I, before this, was working at a company. Um, I started the company where we were, we were all about uh, increasing people's followers, increasing people's likes. We did automation. We also did reporting. We did social media management. Um, and the gist of it, and it was mostly for celebrities. And the gist of it was just that it felt like we were contributing to like a problem um, and exacerbating that problem rather, rather than helping it. So I wanted to create a social network that didn't have like any ego. It was, it was basically just a timeline of your life. Um, you didn't know how many followers everybody else had. You could still follow people. Um, and the idea was taking first person videos rather than like third person everything so that you just had like this timeline um, of your life. But people didn't want that right now. Um, so, so we failed fast on that. And they really probably spent four months on that. And, and we had started ClickUp during that phase just for an internal tool. Like that vision was always there of, of this, this one application for all of your productivity, all of your work in one place. And, and we had started that. So we, we decided to finish that uh, right after that before we started working on something different, which was going to be a Craigslist competitor where you could pay in-app and remove sketchiness from Craigslist. And we got into it and realized that there was a lot more to do than just a couple months of work. And it also just started growing on its own. So, so that's when, when we realized, um, you know, that ClickUp was, was something that we were going to focus on and, and release it to the world. So that would have been, we're recording this here, August of 2020. Um, that would have been what, 2016 when you moved out there or early 2017? It was 2017, early 2017 when we moved out there um, and spent probably four or five, six months uh, through that journey. And then really end of 2017 was when we had a usable ClickUp product. Wow. So that, I mean, kudos to you guys, obviously, for the turnaround time, getting something out and launched, which is so challenging to do. And I know because the way that we found uh, ClickUp was we were running a project management platform at the time called Do Inbound, focused on uh, marketing agencies. And we'd kind of fallen into consulting accidentally. We'd figured out that agencies who had strong processes coming to working with us uh, were really successful in the platform agencies who didn't really struggled. 
And so as part of that, we kind of accidentally um, by demand got pulled into process consulting, having run a marketing agency prior to that. And the consulting side on the process side of our business was just growing like crazy. The software was much more challenging. You grow, you churn, you grow, you churn. And um, so we got to a point where um, you know, we had a tough decision that we were facing on. Do we want to, we wanted in our heart at the time, we felt like, Hey, we want to be a SaaS company. That's cooler. But the flip side is we've always been obsessed with customers and delivering the ultimate value to them. And so we had this decision to make, which way are we going to go? Are we going to build a SaaS company? Are we going to build an education or consulting, coaching and training business? And the results from clients were much better on that side. And that's when uh, probably October, November of 2017, an agency we were talking to mentioned, hey, we just started using ClickUp and it's an awesome tool. It's got a lot of the stuff that you guys have built. It's got the ability to do templating. It's set up with the right hierarchy for agencies, which was our big differentiator at the time. And so checked it out. And, um, and wound up, you know, six months later, whatever, making the decision to double down and, and implementing ClickUp for marketing agencies and doing the process consulting as, as a piece of that. But that turnaround time from deciding to go all in on that to having a product out to having enough of a, you know, a good enough experience that we were hearing about that as a competitor from our prospects or customers is just an incredible timeline to launch. I mean, it took us uh, a, a long time to get our, our PM tool up and out there. And that, that kind of speaks to what's at the heart of ClickUp and a big part of our bet to go all in on ClickUp in 2018 was the velocity of product development. Is that to you, is that a function of your personality, the initial team uh, that drive, or is that a function of you're in a super competitive crowded space and that's just what it's going to take to win in this space? It's a great question. I mean, I would, I would answer with it. It's, it's a combination of those for sure. Um, but it certainly started with like my urgency to everything. And, and fortunately, um, Alex, our, our CTO is, is completely like in the same mindset as I am. Um, and that like we're moving fast and, and, and that's what matters most is, is shipping really, really quickly and then iterating and improving and knowing that, you know, we, we always say progress over perfection but we still believe that perfection is possible. It's just not possible right now. So we look towards the future when, when we think to perfect things and we just, we just like our mantra is progress over perfection. And, and that's how we ship really quickly. I mean, and there's certainly some tricks that we do, um, you know, and, and some very uh, atypical and probably frowned upon development techniques in, in certain circles, um, but, but it works. And, and, you know, the reality is what I did at my previous company, having no, formal experience with engineering. I, I taught myself coding and, and, and you know, never went to, to school for any of this stuff. So what I did was try and learn on my own, right? I tried to look, I tried to read all of the books about the, you know, perfect principles and pair programming and code reviews and, and everything possible um, and really strict scrum methodology. And, and we implemented that at my previous company and it slowed us down tremendously. I mean, it was just, we, we were crawling along. We built an application on a previous company with about 50 engineers, with what would take us literally one engineer today. I mean, one engineer and they maybe two engineers and they do it in a faster time than we did with those with those 50. I mean, the, the way to increase velocity is not by hiring more people, and it's certainly not by adding more red tape. Um, you know, there's there's a point when you get when you get a fully developed product where you do have to add more red tape when when you know you're not really going to be changing things as much. Um, but early on, I advocate for just going as fast as possible. 
That's awesome. For anyone who doesn't know, isn't currently a ClickUp customer, you guys push out at least one new feature on a weekly basis. And every Friday night, it's a, a little gift kind of going into the weekend is, oh, it's a ClickUp update for this week. What do we need to know, learn, train people on, um, which is awesome. But that's just an incredible velocity in the space. And was talking to an agency owner Monday of this week who just was saying like, it's crazy. It's similar to our story. I mean, it tried all the other, our goal was not, your goal going into it was not build a project management platform at the, you know, at the very beginning, our goal was not to build one. And I'm sure you probably went through the same thing of using every PM platform that was out there um, and just saying, this is wild what they've built in a couple of years compared to everything else. As you guys continue, you, know, you grow, you guys earlier this um, summer raised a series A back in June. As you continue to grow the team and scale it, how do you juggle kind of that scrappy, aggressive, uh, fast and flexible mindset and development workflow as you scale? Like how, how do those two things fit together? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it definitely starts with finding, if you're going to take investors, which, which I advocate for not doing early on, trying to go, go as long as possible um, without taking funding, because you, you choose your own destiny, you figure things out, and, and you are really lean, right? You have to be really sca- scrappy, and you have to make the right decisions. Like, you're, you're, every single decision matters. You don't get a second chance. Um, you know, if you're spending $500, like, that's a big spend if you're buying a pool for that. Whereas, you know, when you have funding, it's, it's not. So you, you really make much better decisions early on. And, and that's what I'll advocate for. Um, you know, before, before, before advocating for funding, I think you have to have product market fit. Uh, and, and that's what, what we got um, or, or kind of early on. But, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be challenging as you scale to keep everything the same and everything um, as scrappy, for sure. But it, at the end of the day, it's about it's about the people. So our investors are, are on board with us, and they understand like our superpower is shipping product. Um, so there's there's no pullback from that. Um, but also the people that we hire, you know, there's we're very transparent about our culture um, and who we are and how we we you know have this ma- massive urgency to everything we're doing. And so if you find people that are in line with that, you can still maintain it. Um, there's, there's always going to be more, you know, complexity added when, when you're managing more people and, and eventually I, it probably will slow us down a little bit. I mean, you have to get to some breaking point. Um, but I still think we'll have this at our core all the time. And and I still think we'll be able to improve, uh, our product every week, even if we have to change some things about our, our processes. That makes a lot of sense in terms of the balance component. So you're super involved in uh, customer feedback, like if you just look at the feedback forum, um, or if you look at the Facebook group that you guys have for ClickUp users, you're super involved with users making requests, giving feedback, uh, expressing displeasure over whatever, uh, whatever they're trying to accomplish and haven't yet figured out how to accomplish in the product which I see and I love that to know that you're tuned in, that the team is really tuned into customer feedback, but I've lived through the experience of trying to balance an opinionated vision for product direction that is driven by internal experience in the way that you think with user feedback. How do you balance those two things? How often are you adjusting kind of the direction plans based on that feedback that comes in? Um, This probably ties into a, a, a totally separate question 
which I really shouldn't give you two questions at the same time. I'm going to break all the rules here. There's probably a totally separate question around like how far is internal ClickUp that you guys are using from what uh, you know public users are seeing? Because obviously those two things uh, could be a challenge there. But how do you, how do you think about balancing um, kind of the product direction internally versus user feedback? Yeah, we've you know for early on it's it, you you kind of struggle with it as you you figure out your vision in general. But fortunately, I've I've always had. I mean, the, the problem that, that I had with project management software was that they were too opinionated. Um, like that, that's the problem that I was trying to solve is that you had to use so many different tools for your business because each platform was just so opinionated in, in the way that you work. So, so fortunately, you know, that kind of goes in line with being able to listen to everybody because we're removing the opinion. Now, you, you, there is a balance. You have, to, you have to opinionate about certain things. But generally, we've tried to remove our opinion from everything and, and kind of let users decide on, on what they need themselves. Um, everybody you know, says that people, users especially, don't really know what they want. Um, and I think that's actually true in hardware and, and to some extent. I think it's more true in hardware, but in software, it's not true. I mean, us users do know what they want. There are there people that are going to have these extremely complex, limited use case that nobody else will have? Like, absolutely. And, and we have to filter, filter those people out. Um, otherwise, we won't build things that, that more people want. So, so that's the job that I focus on is, is still listening to everybody, but drowning out the noise of like the very marginal community, like that 1% of people, 2% of people that nobody else is going to use that feature. And then we focus on whatever, what more people will use. And, and so we really just test if 20% if of users would use this feature, then we develop it. But we don't put it in our platform as like a default feature. Um, so we built our architecture so that you could turn on and off pretty much every feature in ClickUp. And, and today you can turn on and off a lot of features, but the full vision isn't there yet for, for like the configuration that will happen and the ease of setup that will happen in the future for, for customizing ClickUp. But it's the architecture still there. So most features we release, especially now in the, the recent couple of months, they're all what we call Click Apps, which means like they're off by default and you have to turn them on in order to use them. And so that avoids adding too much complexity, right? And so that's how we solve that problem. The, the, sec the second question, which is more about our, our internal use, um, I mean, we, we do have a staging environment, which, which basically just means that it's, everything is, is being tested in our environment before we, we send it to our users. And, and so we have a lot of features in there that have been in, you know, been in testing or just been waiting for a long time. Um, like email, you can, you can send email from, from within ClickUp tasks. Um, and attach them to tasks and, and they'll update in real time and you can use templates for emails. It's super useful, but we just haven't shipped it yet. Only, honestly, only because we're waiting on Google to, to approve it. Uh, but there's lots of those things that we have that we just haven't released yet. Um, we also built our own CRM. Um, so we have our own internal CRM that we eventually, I, I hope, will be able um, to release to the public. That makes sense. That kind of transitions into obviously off the heels of a series a having more funding, having gotten to a point where there's some more stability in the, in the business, obviously uh, there's feature development coming up. Um, you know, there's click apps coming out. Uh, I know you guys are focused on improving the speed and overhauling mobile app experience right now. In the future, that's a question that comes up a lot as I'm talking to agency owners, believe it or not, and this to me is, I, I understand the objection because I've seen SaaS products 
succumb to the temptation, but that's far in the minority to SaaS products that have failed because of not moving fast enough. But one of the most common hesitancies from agency owners is these guys are building so quickly. You get some people who are like, they're building so quickly. This is awesome. That's the majority of people. When there's objections, the objection, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, is uh, they're building so fast. There's no way that it can be quality. Or I don't know where they're going to go with the direction if they feel the, the pressure to just keep building and building and building, which uh, there's always going to be, always going to be improvements that need done. Kind of long-term vision for where ClickUp goes. Uh, are you guys trying to expand outside of um, the project management space? Are there other targets that you want to move after, you know, CRM kind of at the top of the list? What does the product vision and direction look like uh, in the longer term? I mean, it, the high level is, is that we're, we're just focused on putting all of your work in, in one place. So that, that means something different to every, every type of person and every, every type of user. And, and when we build new features, it's, it's really just the intention of that plus our mission, which is saving people time. So if we can, if we can save people time through building a feature that they're having to use a separate application for, then, then that's like our safety test. That, that's where we say, okay, this is, this is probably something that, that we should build. Um, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's a, look, it's a fair point that, that I, I don't think there's, uh, you know, I, I, there, there's not really another example um, of a software company that, that's been able to, sh- to ship weekly and, and still, you know, maintain quality as far as the features go and the product set, set goes. Um, you know, there are certain things that we do, um, we do have to, to skip or, or many times we'll develop a feature and we, we can't finish it. So we've got to just do like an MVP, a minimum version of, of that feature. And, and that happens a lot. But we know that in the future that perfect is, is possible. And, and as fast as, as we're able to, to develop, um, you know, we may ship something that's not perfect. And then we do make it perfect in, in the future. So that's, that's, again, like, that's always going to be our, our philosophy. Um, it's, I think that there's, there's going to be a marriage and there already is this convergence of tools happening. And so you can build your own software with a lot of like, let's say these no code tools, right? They, they advocate for building your own software. I mean, I don't think people really want to do that. And, and I don't think that it's optimal to do that. You're, you're going to miss out on a lot of really, these really um, cool use cases. And, and so we compete in many different spaces. We compete in the project management space, you know, with like Asana, Trello, we compete in the no-code space, um, kind of like Airtable, Monday. And we also compete in the document and wiki space, like Notion and Confluence. And then we compete on all of these little spaces as well, like time tracking. You know, we generally can replace any time tracking application you have and workload resource management. And, and so, so we're, we're still, all of these things, the point I'm getting to is that they're focused on just putting your work in, in one place. And so does that mean, you know, CRM use cases in the future? Like, ab- absolutely. And, and many people use... Um, about 20% of people actually use ClickUp today as, as a CRM. And, and so we'll, we'll double down on that as far as giving them more use cases to use. Are we ever going to replace Salesforce if you need it for the enterprise complex use cases? No, we're not, we're not going to go that deep. Uh, we're going to stay on, on that surface level and as far as like CRM and those features go because at the end of the day, still our mission is just putting your, your work in, in one place. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I was... Well, I've, I've got so many different uh, thoughts on where you guys can go and, what, and you know, you just hear from agency owners, uh, all kinds of different use cases. And it's been really fascinating to see and take the core functionality or elements of ClickUp and see the way that people are repurposing the tasks or subtasks feature for contact records or 
uh, client accounts or you know, there's so many different use cases that you've already got the ability to do. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I heard a rumor, this kind of goes back to the funding issue early on and your, you know, one of your stronger opinions around not taking funding in general uh, at a super early stage and trying to reach product market fit first. In terms of funding the business, um, I mean, there's a number of different, someone pointed out to me the other day, when you Google Zeb Evans, net worth is one of the autocomplete results. Uh, so you've, you've, you've reached that milestone in life, if that's a milestone. Um, but then uh, in terms of how you funded that, uh, there's a rumor that you made money off of Bitcoin and that was part of funding it or from prior <laughs> businesses. How, how, did you, uh, how did you fund the early days of ClickUp? Prior to taking money, <laughs> I wish I made that much money on, on Bitcoin. <laughs> um, so I, I did buy Bitcoin very very early on. I bought it at when it was like like twenty bucks, um, and I sold it when it was at a thousand. But it was it wasn't you know a, a massive amount of money. It was about a hundred thousand dollars that I made uh, on Bitcoin. Um, and I, I wish to this day that I still I still kept it because right. it'd, be, it'd be worth a lot more today. Um, but but no, I mean I've you know. Uh, as far as ClickUp goes, it, it, when we when we were funded, um, it was my own money, and it was from our previous company, and and so I took all you know that money and I and I used it on ClickUp, but we were very very scrappy. I mean, it was you know it it was not much early on, and we got to a point after about um, a year in, and that I was just like I I can't put any more money into this. I'm not going to put any more money into this. Um, and we had about this, this month period, this kind of, um, aha moment, but also a struggle moment where we're like, you know, we need to actually make money and, and we weren't making money. I mean, we were very generous with our, with our free forever plan. And what we did was I had always been, I, you know, from, from doing random businesses my whole life, I love promotions and discounting. And that's not really typical in, in software, right? So, so we started running, I started bringing that back into our business and we ran our first promotion. Um, and it was like, you know, 20% off, 25% off our plans. And all of a sudden, literally overnight, I mean, it was within four days or so, we were cash flow positive. And it was just, it was just life changing. I mean, all people wanted was just like a reason to upgrade. Like they loved the software. They didn't necessarily need to upgrade, but they just wanted a reason to. Um, and so like our, you know, our MRR that month, I mean, it, it jumped tremendously. It went from like a few thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars MRR, which is, which is monthly recurring revenue, uh, overnight. And that made us cash flow positive. And, and more, then we were able to, to sustain the business and build the business from there. Wow. That's neat. The, uh, in the, the challenges of trying to grow, that's cool that the user base was there. That's a common question that, uh, I hear, I don't know how often you hear this in terms of pricing feedback, but you guys compared to, if we just take a matchup feature for feature plan for plan as closely as you can, uh, compare you to some of the other popular tools in the, uh, you know, in the agency space. So that's a teamwork or Asana or, um, you know, Mavenlink, Excello, Trello, some of the other platforms out there. For the most part, ClickUp's pricing is uh, just extremely generous compared to the other platforms. We see a, a lot of agency teams will wind up saving five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars uh, on an annual basis for their team licenses as we're helping them switch over to ClickUp. And so that that question comes up of what's the pricing strategy? They're just trying to get users, and then 
uh, jump pricing. How do you think about pricing in the long term? And kind of are there other, there's got to be other monetization components to, I think from a market share perspective, it's, it's obviously worked out very well as a pricing strategy, but I'm sure there's other opportunities that comes up pretty frequently. Could I pay for other features that I want to have um, long-term kind of pricing or monetization strategy? Any thoughts around that? Yeah, it's, it, pricing is, is hard. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can hire firms to, to come in and analyze pricing for a ridiculous amount of money and they'll take six months to do it. Um, but we, we just did ours intuitively and we, we thought about, let's be competitive. Let's be very generous. Um, you know, and let's, let's make customers happy with, with our pricing. Right. So we don't, we don't want people saying you're too expensive and I hated tools that were too expensive. And on the, on the flip side, there's always going to be people that can't afford the price that we're offering. So we also wanted a very free, a very generous free forever plan. I mean, it gets, you know, it's, 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 it does at the end of the day, help fulfill our mission of, of making people more productive. And, and so that's, that's why we offer it, but you also are able to, you know, you'll, you'll eventually bring other people in the ecosystem. You'll tell about, tell people about ClickUp and maybe they can pay for it. Um, so we don't think of, of much about, about pricing. Honest, honestly, it's kind of set in stone and, and certainly people have asked us, um, you know, in, internally to raise pricing and I, am not going to do it. Um, I, I just don't, don't think it's, I mean, I, I want to, we want to add enough value for people where they they are, um, feeling like it's, it's an incredible deal. And, you know, the only thing that we kind of get burned on is you have like one side of people that say it's, it's really great pricing. This is awesome. Then you have another side of people that say, you know, I'm not using all the features, so it's not worth it. Right. Even, even though, you know, our pricing is, is compared to, you know, like somebody else like a Trello or Asana, it's, it's, it's still going to be cheaper and, and you're going to get more features. Um, they just don't feel the value because they're not using all of it. So, so like, you know, is there, is there a vision where I see like maybe pricing based on, um, if you use more features versus less features possibly, but it would have to still be at least as generous as, as what we're offering today and still give, give that value to people. Um, and we also just, I mean, you know, we, we've, we are profitable still, even after we raise funds, we're, we're profitable. And I will tell you, I'm, when we, when we talk to, to VCs, venture capitalists, we go in there and they're asking, you know, how much money are you burning, which means how much money are you losing each month? And, and we always say we're, we're profitable and they're just shocked. You know, we're, we're the only company that they've met that's profitable at our stage. And so we always care about that. We always say that, I mean, that, that's a, a profit has become kind of a bad word, but it really ultimately just means like, are you adding net value for the world, right? Are you adding more value than, than you're consuming? And so we care about that. And, and we, we care about being sustainable and not having to lay people off when you have hard times like COVID. And, and so the point I'm getting to, you know, is, is like at our, our level today, like we, we we're completely happy with our pricing level and I don't see us having to change it. That makes sense. You mentioned that kind of strange quirk of human psychology of you could switch over for time tracking from harvest to pay the exact same or slightly less for ClickUp and have a whole separate suite, but feel like you're getting less value because you're not using everything that you're paying for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's a strange experience. That's awesome. Um, well, this has been really helpful in terms of kind of agencies um, moving towards ClickUp. Uh, you know, there's a number of features. The, the first thing that drew us to ClickUp was just the hierarchy that you guys have set up where you know, inside of your agency team or your workspace, you've got spaces and folders and um you know, this whole layer of hierarchy that fits really well for service providers, anyone working with clients um, and on complex projects. 
I'm curious about the origin of that hierarchy. Where did that uh, come from? Was that from your own experience having run the uh, events and promotions business or where did that hierarchy come from? Yeah, it was more around the opinionation of, of all the other platforms where you just didn't have enough flexibility. It felt like, you know, like a top level unit would be a workspace, like let's say at a, at a sauna. It felt like we had to create multiple workspaces um, to get work done. Otherwise, things just got, it just got too messy, too clogged up. There wasn't enough organization. So we wanted to build it in a way where it can be as flexible as you need it. And so that means you can use it for something simple, but you can also use it for, for something very, very complex. And I mean, the hierarchy is, you know, a great example is we have, we literally have families that use us um, and they use that hierarchy very, very simply, maybe just some, some lists in one space. Um, and then we have, you know, companies that are building rockets and shipping rockets in outer space that use us and they have, you know, hundreds of spaces and tons of folders within those spaces. And then, you know, tens of thousands of lists in, bet in between them. So the whole idea is just that it can grow with you and kind of become whatever you need it to be. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Zeb, I really appreciate your time coming on, kind of sharing with us uh, the story, um, agencies, I mean, anyone listening, if you're not currently using it, if the project management side or managing work is a pain point, um, definitely recommend people checking out ClickUp, ClickUp.com, uh, reach out to us and we'll help set people up as well. Um, Zeb, in terms of anywhere that you'd point people specifically for kind of overview of ClickUp or introduction to ClickUp if they're not currently familiar, anywhere that you'd recommend people checking out? You know, YouTube has tons that we have an amazing community um, around ClickUp and YouTube has tons of assets on there of, of just kind of people that are using our, our product that created their own videos of it. And there's, there's tons of videos for whoever you are, right? So if you're an agency, you can go click up, you know, for agencies, click up marketing um, in YouTube or in Google, and, and you shouldn't be able to find tons of content. Awesome. Well, Zeb, I appreciate you coming on, being willing to share with us here today. Thanks for your time. Likewise. Thanks a lot, Greg. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Agency Journey. If you'd like to learn more about how ClickUp can help your agency operate more profitably and more efficiently, get your team on the same page, and keep those client deliverables on time and on track, head over to zenpilot.com and reach out to us there. Happy to jump on a call, walk through your process, and figure out what are the gaps and how can we help you streamline things and get up and running so that everyone on your team is on the same page so you can sell with confidence without any client deliverables falling through the cracks. Until next time, this is Andrew, and have a great day.